Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Oh, she's sweet but a psycho, a little bit psycho. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, I'm on my mind. Oh, she's hot but a psycho, so left but she's right though. At night she's screaming, I'm on my mind, I'm on my mind. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. I, I think that was the right choice. <laughs> what song were you worried that I chose? Ah, uh, Black Betty. <laughs> okay. You will be happy to know that that was it for a while. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> Only because I heard it in the movie and was like, oh, this goddamn song. And then I thought, wouldn't it be great to feel that again? <laughs> we also like have... a Fatboy Slim remix or something. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Bill Graham. Woo! All right. And with us today, a special guest to help us talk about Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. It's Lara Zarum. Hello. Hello. Lara, would you like to introduce yourself to the listening audience? Yes. Hello. I am Lara Zaram, writer, critic. I don't know. How do people usually introduce themselves? No, no, just like what you do and where you do it. Yeah, no, um, I I am freelance now. I was a a staffer at the Village Voice uh, right before it. Uh, its demise, sadly. Um, right. Know, <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a moment of silence. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's a whole other podcast. So, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes feel bad when we have people on because they're like, "Well, you know, I had a job." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but um, these days I, I freelance for the Globe and Mail, which is a Canadian newspaper, uh, and uh, I write here and there for the New York Times, uh, Rolling Stone, sometimes Vulture, uh, all over the place. I, I mean, right. you can Daniel, ask, is Daniel Levy as charming in person as he is on that show? Yeah, he was really, really nice. I mean, you know, it's it's hard when you're when you're going like to do a piece in the New York Times. Like, of course, everyone's going to give you their best. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they want to give you, you know, a good impression. And, and he was very, very gracious. And um, yeah, it was great. I hope Captain O'Hara was entirely method as well for the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think she's just a really good actress. Like, oh, she yeah. Was, like, she was so normal. Like, she was, like her actual voice is so low and cool. And, like, she's just like, yeah, hi. I, I feel like I should give context. Uh, Lara w- wrote a wonderful profile of the Schitt's Creek uh, final season for the New York oh, Times that I, I really recommend people uh, check out. Is it, that's right. Yeah, it was New York Times. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for the final wow. season that's going on right now, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. All right. And we are all here, as I said, to talk about Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey, formerly known, still possibly known as Birds of Prey, open parentheses, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, close parentheses. Can I just yeah. say, I feel like this is- this is a case of like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone because the, I found the title like just a little too coy, but now that I've heard it's being changed, I'm like, no, like that really, right. that's just like, like, it's like if your friend, it's growing on me. It's like if your friend is wearing really dumb shoes and it's like four weeks of giving him shit for it. And then he's like, all right, fine. I put the chucks back on and you're like, come on, man. Yeah. Don't give up that easy. Okay. <laughs> um, I should say I bought a new pair of shoes this past week. So maybe that's why that <laughs> analogy sprung to mind. 
Um, Are you very stubborn about them despite comments from people? No, actually, all the comments have been effusively positive. (laughs) People love these shoes. People who I showed the shoes to before actually purchasing them are excited to see them. Um, Unfortunately, the people who sold me my shoes are not a sponsor for this podcast, so I will not name them. Fair enough. Indeed. Movie didn't make them, is what you're saying. Yes, no, these are not movie Uh, boots. They are also not boots brought to us by our fine patrons over at patreon.com slash the film stage show, where for as little as one dollar an episode, you can help us to create this great show and become part of our Slack channel and get first crack at all of our raffles and such. And um what else? Find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook the Film Stage Show, podcastfilmstage.com is our email address, and of course give us a comment and rating on iTunes if you are so inclined. And uh, as Michael said, non-bootmakers Mubi. <laughs> bring you this episode uh movie is rather a streaming service where every day their curators bring you a brand new film to watch and enjoy each film exists on their platform for 30 days before it is whisked away into the ether that means you have a constantly rotating selection of 30 films to check out guys i don't know if you knew this the oscars were last night what? Really? No one's going to respond to that? I'm just up here alone huh? doing this ad yeah, read? I, I didn't actually watch him, but it <clears> seems <throat> like I maybe should have. Yeah. As a cord cutter, it annoys me that ABC is like, we can only stream in select cities, and apparently Washington fucking D.C. is not one of them. <laughs> I, I did hear Trump hates Hollywood, so, you know. That's true. Um, We are a cultural backwater. Anyway, but... A lot of great stuff at the Oscars last night. And the reason I bring it up is because you presently have 29 days to watch 2018 Best Documentary Feature winner, Last Men in Aleppo. Synopsis of this documentary is as such. After five years of war in Syria, Aleppo's remaining residents prepare themselves for a siege. Khalid, Subhi, and Mahmoud, founding members of the White Helmets, have remained in the city to help their fellow citizens and experience daily life, death, and struggle and triumph in a city under fire. That is one of 30 great films that you can check out right now on Mubi. Uh, for a free 30-day trial, all you got to do is go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And that is it. We are now prepared, as we ever will be, to discuss the new film out in wide release this weekend. It's Birds of Prey, a title that is either preceded by the name Harley Quinn or proceeded by and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Let's listen to the trailer. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. Ah, shit. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the All right, so that's part of the trailer for Birds of Prey, which is what I'll call it now because I'm tired of the bit. Let's talk about this film. Uh, We begin, as always, with our nutshell spoiler-free thoughts before moving deeper into the spoilers later on in our review. We'll begin with our guest, Laura, what did you think of Birds of Prey? 
Yeah, you know, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I am not a comic book movie person in the slightest. Um, but I thought that the director and the writer had a lot of fun with this movie, which I also appreciated was kind of a standalone, um, you know, you really don't have to have seen anything else to to get it um, kind of film. And it might even be the beginning of a trilogy, if, if I hear correctly. But um, yeah, overall, I liked it. I still, um, I still felt it was sort of, held back by the constraints of its genre in a lot of ways. But um, but overall, um, I had a lot of fun watching it. And that's something that I don't normally say about <laughs> movies based on comics. <laughs> All right. Bill Graham. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was listening to a review earlier today and they were saying that this has all the the punch and kind of jazz that the Suicide Squad trailer promised but didn't deliver. And I couldn't help but agree with that. Um, this film is a lot of fucking fun. Um, it's uh, violent in weird ways. Um, but, I mean, I guess that comes with its R rating, which is both kind of like, eh, like shrug emoji to all of that situation. But also, like, it still has a little fun with it as well. Um it's nice to see them, I guess, curse, I guess. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's still very weird for me to see comic book characters curse. And I'm just like, Oh, this is, we're bad guys. Um, but, Please stop doing uh, that. <laughs> uh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed this film. Uh, it has a lot of charm. It has a lot of charisma. The music is awesome. Um, the fight sequences, which, uh, I found out today were by 8711, who is behind the John Wick franchise and, uh, all of those guys. So they're the fight coordinators on this film. So yeah, it fucking shows. And this puts like just on blast every superhero film that I've seen in the last, I don't know, 15 years, since all this sh bullshit started so yeah like this one like genuinely like had a lot of fun with the fight sequences and like the harley quinn kind of aesthetic really shined through um in in ways that like i wasn't even expecting like th there's a, an entire sequence where harley quinn at one point chases people down on fucking roller skates and i was just like what is this movie i don't understand like it it's just tonally it just works and i had a goofy smile on my face the entire time uh the story it, it it's it's hit or miss here or there but like it's it's still a lot of fun and uh rosie perez is in this movie and she kicks a lot of ass so there we go all right michael snydell yeah, I'm I'm a little less strongly positive than uh, Bill and Alara, but I I was surprised that I had a good time, or I had as good a time with this. Um, what I will say though is I think I, I think it I, uh, Lara already mentioned it has the constraints of the genre and, and like superhero films, and I think that this does have it falls victim to the problem of um, like the superhero team up. Like th this takes a while to get going. Um, mm -hmm. But I, and, and I think that the story is um, I, it's, I, I really think it's an interesting, cool idea that Harley's like 
mental process, like the structure, like the way this thing moves, like it very much feels like it actualized, uh, you know, the understanding of Harley Quinn. Like, I, I don't always think the scrambled structure works, but I think it's kind of a bold move to have her constantly interrupt herself and like be like, oh, I forgot this, this major thing <laughs> that actually contextualized things. I, I guess what I what I'll say, though, is I think it compensates with characterization. And I think it like I, you know, I've I've heard some cheap shots comparing it to Deadpool and Tarantino. And I'm on the record. <laughs> it's really despising both Deadpools, even though I saw them for some reason. But I, I think the thing that really separates this from some of those quippy superheroes and even some of the Marvel stuff is this feels like uh, this doesn't feel like they're mugging for the camera as much as the sense that like it, it's Harley Quinn's thought process and she's just a Looney Tune in process. Like every every move she makes, it feels like it has the logic of, you know, a great Tex Avery cartoon. And I hmm. think that, I think that mostly works. I, I think at times I found, uh, I, I, I would say she's like infectiously repellent. <laughs> like what I would say about these characters, which I was really surprised about is it doesn't really push them into obvious hero or villain roles. Like, you know, there's a, a hit woman and there's a, uh, a person, you know, who's like a driver for a psychopath. And like, it, it's, I found it funny that all of them kind of have a nagging conscience. Like they don't have a general ideal to be like heroes. Um, yeah. So I, I found this very uneven and at, at times I didn't love the directorial instincts. I already spoke about black Betty. <laughs> um, but I, I had a really good time with this. And I think the third act has like three or four really good action sequences. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just, I just wish this movie felt a little less awkward. Sometimes it feels slapdash and sometimes it feels shaggy in the right way. And I think sometimes it, it, uh, it, it, it's, un- it's too much of the former and not quite enough of the latter. I also love that there's a subplot about a sandwich. Like th- mm. that's the type of stakes I wanted a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the I enjoyed, this. I, I, I enjoyed this with some reservations. The other big thing I'd say is I was surprised how much Edgar Wright was in this. That That's who I was feeling even more mm. than the uh, mm. John Wick, John Wick folks. And just to be clear, he's not actually in this. You're saying the soul yeah, yeah, Edgar yeah, Wright yeah. is in this. I, some of the staging, yeah. Like this feels less like John Wick to me in terms of how it's shot. Uh yeah. Yeah. I um oh boy. Uh I guess I'm gonna be the most negative. Still mildly positive. I don't know. Like okay. this is so maybe it was the circumstances under which I saw this movie. <laughs> But I saw this movie after like three days of constant hard labor and then right after a, a rainy Monday at work and then I go and I saw this movie and it just, it was fine. It was okay. I didn't feel a lot during it. Um, there are aspects of it that I quite enjoyed that I wish that I wish it had like a little more, they, they were just more part of the story, uh, which we can get into as we talk deeper about it. In general, I, I feel like the movie very much reflects Harley Quinn. It is loud. It is colorful. It is obnoxious. It is addle-brained. And it is... Uh, it probably would have been better if it were toned down a bit or not 
totally her movie. Um, I just, I couldn't connect a lot. There, there was a point when I was like, I don't feel like none of these people have actually met each other yet. <laughs> I also feel That's like we are, point. <laughs> we are deep into the second act and that feels weird to me. Um, and the, the needle drops. Mother of God, the needle drops. There was a point in the middle of this movie where uh, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be something if I began this show with, I don't know, like instead of 15 seconds of a pop song, 15 seconds of silence and then just said, I'm not putting a pop song in because I can't handle another goddamn pop song today. <laughs> it's just, it's it, as you said, uh, I think it was you, Bill, uh, you know, there's a concept of this being like delivering on the promise of the Suicide Squad trailer. Sure. And that thing was riddled with fucking needle drops it's in got, the trailer. It's got the needle drops. <laughs> it's also got the, the kitschy, like graffiti style subtitles popping up. Sure. And I'm just, there's a part of me that's like, this is a lot. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm 32 and maybe it's because I'm a single father and maybe it's because I had to fix a sump pump and then work at a distillery all weekend but I was just like I just I need Huntress to be the main character in this movie or I need Montoya to be the main character in this movie and I need Harley Quinn to be the you know pastel colored Hannibal Lecter bouncing at the edges you know that's mm-hmm. that's I can't with her being the main character, she's just so much. She's a lot. She's a lot. I, I, I get that. I, yeah. I totally, totally get that. But I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. I am I, sure that people have liked this movie. It's sitting with a with fairly high Rotten Tomato score for whatever that mean, matters, you know. What did you think of the action? The action was fine. I don't know that I'm... I don't know. I, it's, there's a point where, like, one of the things about John Wick, and it, this might sound very American of me, is like he's always got a different gun, you know. Mm. And the guns. Are, <laughs> I, I I knew you were gonna say <laughs> so. Like okay. even even though like a lot of it is just him like going around shooting people, you're like, oh, but it's a different gun this time. So there is a different kind of. She uses a to what bat. he's doing. She uses a, a sledgehammer. She uses it's a lot of bludgeoning. Uh, knives. Yes. Um, yeah. And John Wick also like they 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 I don't know like some of the so they want to talk about cartoonish like John Wick uses a horse to fight some people in the last movie like sure, I feel sure. like they're really going for it. And this movie was a lot of slow motion hitting that makes people flip entirely. Mm-hmm. And I mean like I I enjoyed many of the action scenes in this but like by the time we got to the last one, I was like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if this movie just ended in a Mexican standoff, like <laughs> Reservoir Dog style? And just in an instant, everyone was dead or wounded and we just had our winners. And it's it's when the when the, the second to final action set piece with cars and roller skates was going on. I was like, I can't, I just I'm I can't. I'm just no, I, I, I kind of agree with you that it was um it was kind of over the top and part of me wonders if that's like compensation from whoever about the fact that it's like a female-led movie that it's like every four minutes there's another like fight sequence like there were there did seem like i can't remember which one of you said like oh there were three or four really good fights in like the third act and i was like yeah Yeah, (laughs) three or four fights in the third act like that's a lot and i know again that that's like that's what these movies are and what they do and what people in some ways see them for part of the reason why but yeah it did seem like uh, like i don't know like it was um maybe 
maybe overcompensating in some way for some reason. And I'm not going to speculate, you know, why, but, but yeah, I don't know if, if anybody else got that feeling. I, I, I kind of did. I was like, I feel like they're really pushing the action because they want <laughs> this to be, it's almost like, um, atomic blonde in that way. It's like, there mm. must be action. Cool. Like we can't, I don't, I don't know. It was, but it, yeah, like you said, it was a lot. Like someone else said, you know, the final acts, there were three or four good action <laughs> scenes, which still leaves one or two that weren't so good. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, without, right, getting right. into, without getting into spoilers or anything, like I really enjoyed the 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 second half of the prison action mm-hmm. scene. Now maybe the third yeah. part with the sprinkles. You're talking about the ring, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, like that's that's an interesting point. We can kind of start breaking into kind of uh, talking a little bit more in detail and stuff like that. But that's a sequence that, like, I appreciate that this is a female director. And because like that is so easily a wet t-shirt situation and it, (laughs) and it never turned into that. Oh, no, you know what and, it was? It was almost like she knows it's about to become a wet t-shirt situation in the sure. scene. And she's like, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, and now I'm like, like walking through this prison <laughs> full of men in a wet t-shirt. And then as soon as the, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to give spoilers away at this point. But yeah. It, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think. I, th- I feel yeah. like it's really hard to know it. where in this movie the spoilers are. <laughs> <saying. laughs> that's true. <laughs> sure. It's yeah, that's an exceedingly that's, simple it, it, it story. Does, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does play with the timeline a little sure. bit. Spoilers um, for Birds of Prey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a little wonky in that way. But yeah, no, like that, that's a sequence where I was like, oh, no. And then I remembered it was a female director and I was like, OK, let's see what she does with this. And yeah. she had a lot of fun with it and they had a lot of fun. It, it reminded me, and I've never even seen this movie, but I'm pretty sure it's a step up two. <laughs> where there's like a sequence in the rain and people are like yeah. dancing and is that the yeah, and is I'm that like the 3D one. I oh okay, maybe it's a 3D yeah. one. That would make Step more sense. One and two kind of rule. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen any of them, but, but I feel really like can. I remember the the trailer for the third one where they were really pushing like this one's in 3D. So they had one of those guys <laughs> yeah. who dances primarily with his neck. Yes, like pushing his head <laughs> at the screen. Channing was way done with it by then. And I feel like the, the water was a part of their 3D thing. I don't know. Yes. Someone yes. write to us and tell us which step up movie. Yeah. Involves it's, the rain. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see them play with that. And like my thing is I kind of want that comic because if you know anything about Harley Quinn, I guess you should probably know that like she was actually created for the uh, Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. And so like she, her her history is a not that long and mm-hmm. also b very in intertwined with like co- with like cartoons, right? And so for her to have like a lot of this cartoonish violence in this film was a lot of fun like there's sequences i think like uh th- there's a couple of sequences where she hits someone and it makes like one of those funhouse noise sounds and i was just like yes give me more of that i want Mixed i want with bone crunching <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah um it's it's just i don't know the the fight sequences for me uh were just delightful just all around so um and i like that some of the other secondary characters 
like have their own flair of fights and like their action sequences are entirely different like huntresses are nothing like harley's um and you know like each of these characters has kind of a distinct style um versus the other and so i i feel like that there's a lot of fun to be had with that um i i think that i I think the weird i i don't mean this backhanded but i i'm conflicted about it is i think you know it's not difficult to to be better than the baseline of suicide squad let's let's be clear here (laughs) is that the baseline is that not like the bedrock like the 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 bedrock cellar that no one wants (laughs) to go into the it's, core it's holding the hands with <laughs> justice league yeah but i either way i what i wanted to say though is i i think that this at least gets a little bit better at the reluctant hero thing than suicide squad is but the thing is i think the very notion that you're aware that they're doing this team up so late as, as you're saying brian like it's a middle of second act and you're like okay we have so many different characters including what including we don't exactly like huntress is known as crossbow shoot what is it crossbow, crossbow killer, killer. Is that, is that what it's crossbow killer yeah like it's it I understand like it totally fits the ethos of, of Harley, but like as a movie, there's also something a little bit uh, unsatisfying or unwieldy to me about it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't quite figure out what they're doing with the structure here. And what you guys are saying about the fight scenes is making me think, um, you know, I do want more of, the the kind of sincerity that that's here like you, you know i love for instance the little thing like when um uh, when uh, cassandra comes to harley's apartment and she's like oh i love it here and they're just yeah. eating cereal watching cartoons and that has like a really lovely I, I think even the idea of how harley is like known but hated by everyone and you know has to define herself based on uh, her proximity to Joker and, uh, you know, even the fact that she, like, identifies her name comes from Servant and everything. I think all of that oh, stuff oh, is... Oh, oh, Michael. Oh, we yeah. We didn't talk about uh, the most important thing about this entire movie. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, Michael was... <laughs> I can feel his blood just, like, raise right now. Laura, you don't know this, but last, last week was the first time in his entire human life that Michael Snydell realized that Harley Quinn was a play on the word Harlequin. <laughs> Better late than never. Yes. yes. It would have been more fun, though, if if you had found out when she actually explains it in this movie. But then, thank you for derailing the Diamond my- pattern didn't like, tick, tick you off. <laughs> tick you off. <laughs> I know. There were so many moments where you could have just been like, oh, Harlequin. Harlequin. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, poor Mike. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Let's. I don't uh, remember my point now, but yeah, I just want to say I think that it, as you guys are talking about the fights, I think this is overloaded, and I think I I really think when it comes to like the general writing, like I wouldn't mind more scenes of exposition or man more random scenes or uh, Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina kissing because that definitely almost happened. Oh, oh yeah. 
I need an entire movie about their friendship from inception to grisly end. You know, I, as my as my good friend uh, and guest on this podcast, uh, Cody Corral said, uh, "This is chaotic bisexual vibes." The movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. But, yeah. but you know what? I, can I just say one thing about about yeah, this? Please um, do. About the idea of like the structure being weird, and you know, somebody said that you know there were there were a lot of comparisons to Tarantino made, which I, I actually you know that occurred to me as I was watching it. But like the difference, of course, is that like Quentin Tarantino, even in a movie like Death Proof, which is like one of his movies that I talk about all the time because I'm obsessed with it, um, which is like so <laughs> much of it is just like people talking and women talking. Um, so much of a movie like. I don't know so much of his movies like the violence comes in very intense bursts but there's a lot of scenes that like are the most memorable ones often like you know John Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing in the diner like whatever like that have nothing to do with violence and I feel like there's just so little of that in a movie like this that it's like what's the difference why does this somehow not feel like a Quentin Tarantino movie you know what I mean it's like well because there's more to it than interesting ways to kill people right that actually brings up a really good point because I was watching this and I thought but not of Quentin Tarantino, but of all those movies in the mid nineties of like indie directors who wanted to try to be like Quentin Tarantino, yeah. like had in a duffel. What is it? Eight, Eight heads in a, a duffel bag, bag. Uh, yeah. suicide Kings, even like Guy Ritchie, but you know, less, you know, yeah. <laughs> less aggressively male, like Guy Ritchie. That's just kind of his essence. I don't know that Guy Ritchie and aggressively male have ever been mentioned <laughs> so close together before. <laughs> Um, I was going to say something else and I cannot remember what it was now. Um, I, I did, I did one. Okay. So we, we talk about, or Michael had been talking about how like Harley d- defines herself by Joker and all this stuff. D- does anyone else feel that like this movie is another example of the DC universe just moving way too fast? Like, I, I feel like I need at least one movie where Harley and Joker are actually together, like doing some crimes I I don't need that fucking shit. No. Yeah, I I disagree. I, the the, the I further like, the further away we can get from that fucking Joker. Okay, wait, I never said it was Jared Leto's Joker. I just okay, need. Well, I just the like, fact that Joker's not in this movie at all to me was like like yeah. I found it hilarious. Frankly, I was like, oh, they're just literally not gonna like there were. Like, there was literally not one male character in this movie that, like, was good. It was just very blatant. Like, we're not going to pretend. Like, we're not going to have a dude that's, like, I'm, you know, here to to balance things out. It was just, like, we're going to make this a very clear line. And Joker's just yes. not a part of it. And I think that that was, like, it was almost cartoonish the way that that was the case. But Especially I thought that, that like, was kind of hilarious. The the girl, the pickpocket, didn't even recognize the photo. They're not the photo. The drawing <laughs> she had on the wall. Yeah, yeah that was great. That was great. That was great. <laughs> A that's, Joker that's, that looked nothing like Jared Leto's Joker. I, I sure. found I want a whole world about. I want to know like how much the average person knows about like super criminals and like. Well, that's what every like like just like Avengers was about that for a half second. Like a pet store, like you know, like they, those people are like, well, you know, it's it's Harley Quinn, it's the Joker's girlfriend, and then all sure. these other people are like, well, I gotta be nicer because it's Joker's girlfriend. I did. Is am I? This is going to sound awful, and I apologize. But this is only because of how poorly the DC universe has set up the filmic world that they've created. Did anyone else wonder why, like, no one even mentions Batman by his like superhero moniker in this movie? Well, she has a Bruce. She, she has, has a Bruce, a, but I she's mean, like that hunky Wayne guy. But like, I'm 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 watching. 
violent criminals murdering people and an explosion at a chemical plant and like a, an amusement park showdown. And there's a part of me that's just like, so what Where's the Batman? fuck is Batman doing? <laughs> it's the same problem I had in uh, Iron Man 3 when the goddamn president of the United States is shot out of the sky and taken hostage. And I'm just like, and the only one who can do anything <laughs> is a PTSD addled Iron Man. He's not even going to bother to call someone else. It's sure. it's the issue with creating these big worlds, I feel, is because there's just a part of your brain that's like, where the shit is everyone else who should be in this movie? I, I will say, I think Wonder Woman did quite a good job with the world building for the most part. Because it's a with, place uh, in World War One. No, I know, but, but the, <laughs> the island that I'm going to butcher, th- Thermos, th- Thermos, Themyscira. 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 Thanks, bro. <laughs> yep. No problem. But I was going to let you drown. That's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to make this only about superheroes, but I, I think that is – I think that is valid, but I think like Laura, I – yeah, I was so glad Joker had just nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> like it, it, I, I think he would have – weighed it down and I, I think there is something to be said for like that accelerated timeline but i mean i, I don't, I don't know him. i feel like i've seen these stories so many times like who cares <laughs> i guess i don't know um yeah that's extremely my feeling about this in general it's just like like what's happening in gotham city like i like like who the fuck cares in a sense like what's happening in Gotham City like what's happening in other places you know what i mean like yeah real or fictional some, like i feel like people haven't in... we seen enough like i don't know i just like maybe, imagine, maybe we're like... not supposed to say this i don't know maybe i'm never going to find work again but that's just like a very strong <laughs> I just like imagining like a, a poor family in baltimore and like they're dealing with like their son's heroin addiction and their daughter's dyslexia and then they just turn on the tv and it's like <laughs> The clown prince of crime Joker struck again in Gotham City and his ex-girlfriend Harley Quinn blew up a chemical factory. And these people were like, who are these silly assholes? I've got real problems. I mean, that's what Joker wanted to be for like two seconds. And then they're like, oh, I have a mental illness where I can't stop laughing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jeez, Joker. Anyway. I, Laura, I feel like we interrupted you a while. You wanted to say something about spoilers. <laughs> I apologize that I didn't um, bring it up sooner. No, 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 no. I was just like about to spoil something and I decided not to. <laughs> I mean, we can, I feel like we can get into spoilers. We, yeah. We've let's, talked let's about it. Into it. It was, we were talking about the scene in the prison where yeah. the, like, whatever, the rain alarm thing, the rain alarm, you know what I'm talking about, the sprinkler. Rain alarm is a perfectly logical way to describe a sprinkler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so they're there she's walking through this prison and it's like a you know it's a men's prison and she's sure. for some reason everybody else in there is a man except for this like small asian girl that she's in there to bust out i'm not sure why it i don't know if anyone like else it was a holding there. cell before they they're got all, like, like ships they're all to pretty county. big like they all look like they're in like max for a long time they don't look like they're <laughs> drunks in the drunk tank like it's and they it's no, the, the drunk the drunk in the drunk tank is sitting there going why the fuck am i wet <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. So she's in like the okay. part where they keep the real hardened criminals or whatever, and I guess they're all men. Um which seems weird considering the 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 movie we're watching and like the 
the lead character and all of her friends are, are, you know, women who presumably would have gotten caught for things. But anyway, so she's walking through this prison and they're all dudes. And like, as soon as the sprinkler starts to go off, like maybe like I uh, read into this too much, but she kind of has a like, oh shit moment and it doesn't just feel like it's like oh shit now i'm gonna get wet it's like oh great like i'm about to walk into this situation wet you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know if you guys have ever been a woman in a prison and the rain starts falling and you're you know <laughs> and, you know uh thursday i think it was um but I yeah, was a young then, girl in a jail. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> but then, so then the moment when the spoiler part was, which I, again, I don't even know if this would qualify as a spoiler, but the part where, you know, whatever, something happens to the system because it's getting wet. And, um, you know, how that's always jamming up the system in these movies is water. Um, and, uh, the locks all open and the doors open and these all, these men all step forward and she's like, oh shit. And like, they're definitely felt to me like, uh, uh, not just a physical, but like a sexual threat of all these guys approaching her. And I felt like a, a female perspective. I felt the woman director in those kinds of scenes. It felt, um, in, in a lot of places in the movie, like, um, it was, a, and again, this is where I go back to the sort of cartoonish thing of like the men all kind of being bad uniformly. Um, and it is cartoonish in the sense that it's kind of like juvenile, but I think it almost has an effect of creating this very um, black and white sort of world where, um, you know, the women are constantly facing this like threat um, that's not just, like I said, physical, but sexual. And that's very much like a misogynist and a sort of... Um, like masculine threat and you see that in like the club scenes with um what's her mm. name black canary like you know being sort of forced to be a uh, uh, black the driver driver yeah. like you know you get the sense that she's just like trying to please him and is scared of him and there's that other scene where he like black mask makes that woman like get up on the table and he kind of like humiliates her in front of yeah. the whole crowd and makes her take makes some with her like the guy she's with like take her dress off with a knife and like it's very yeah. like <clears throat> like she ends up not getting physically hurt but it's like a very like um that was an incredibly tense scene and i was like wow and, i don't see a lot of this kind of tension in these kinds of movies um and what's so crazy there were is that he her, her date might actually be the only good man in this movie and he is only good <laughs> insofar as he found one you got you he got. looks <laughs> but like what's fun what what i think is interesting though in in bringing that up is is that there is a cutaway to him looking away in shame as he is unable to do anything to aid this woman who is being menaced yes, yes. there's like, a sense well, of powerlessness yeah th th that that scene is also cut interestingly because uh as as i was listening to another podcast talk about this film uh they were pointing out the fact that like you oftentimes you are witness to these horrible acts in a very kind of uh, voyeuristic manner. And in yeah. this way, you are witnessing this kind of horrible act, but it's cutting away to other people's reactions mm -hmm. to the horrible thing. So it's not actually showing you this, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not so putting fascinating it, it, in contrast it, to something like Suicide Squad and how that shot the women in that film too. Like it, yes. it's such a fascinating contrast to me. Which, which is oh, interesting because well, like costumes alone too. Like <laughs> yes, before yes. you even see the movie, you're like, oh, like they found her some pants. Like 
you know, like it, it, you immediately feel and like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to do that to like not make her sexualized or whatever. Like she's still sexy, but it's just like, it's practical. (laughs) It's just like, it's like a cute pair of overalls, you know, it's, it feels like it's something that like a woman would want to wear. Like I would, I would wear those overalls. Well, what's also interesting, Laura, is like you brought up like the concept of there like being a sexual menace to like her when she's wet Mm -hmm. in the jail. And I felt that, but not in the way that you'd usually feel it in a movie like this, where like the the movie like does a 15 millimeter lens pointed right at her chest and yeah. then cuts to like yeah. the men smiling and like licking their lips. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you it's more like you can. No, that's the Snyder cut. That's the, that's 100% Snyder cut. Um, no, like it's it's all in her manner and her face, like the, because this is a reality that she has had to live with. And is has has become inured to, so that you don't need all those like inserts and the grossness because you can just get it from her expression. Well, yeah. it, you know, and that kind of goes back to the setup of this entire movie is the idea that like she's been safe from all of this chaos and all of these things happening yes. to her because yeah. of the Joker. And I thought that was like, I I don't I, like I haven't read uh that many or i haven't read any of the harley quinn like uh comic books or like uh, my my uh exposure to her is basically through the animated series and then like through various other iterations uh filmic and otherwise maybe maybe a couple like cartoon films i guess maybe um but like really it's i i thought that was like really fucking clever in the way that it it makes sense it makes so much sense that like yes joker's girlfriend is like untouchable right because otherwise you get the wrath of joker blah 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 right and now she takes that kind of you know immunity uh i don't want to pull a survivor here but i guess immunity stone or whatever and is just like she won the quick know, fire challenge yeah uh it's it's just it's just gone now right and so all of a sudden like all of these people are just coming out of the woodwork because like a lot of these films end up having that kind of nature where like everybody's against them and you're like mm-hmm. how have they survived to this point and this film is like oh here's here's this clever like setup uh i broke up with the joker and now everybody fucking hates me because of all the shit i've done because i've had immunity and now i have to kind of pay for that it's like yeah it's also it's also a really nice way of setting up this like i love the way it set it up like a breakup story and i love the way it sort of makes the um you know her vulnerability it like really foregrounds it right from the start she has literal protection and now she doesn't um and and so she's like all out of sorts and she, i love how it's like she's at the club she's like staying out all night she's on a bender mm. she's playing like um whatever roller derby like she cuts her own hair i love that like that's why her hair's <laughs> shorter in this movie she's like fuck it she cuts it herself um so i really like that it's sort of set up that way um you know, mm-hmm. but but then it, I think where it loses me, it's like you know, I'm 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 watching and I'm like, yeah, this is like how Harley got her groove back. This is awesome. <laughs> like, go go, girl power. But then, like in the end, like she gets it back by like murdering a lot of people, and <laughs> that feels to me like a huge compromise if what this movie is trying to do is present some alternative to that kind of like 
paradigm. Does that, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, because it's like, it, it's it's now like she's going to be her own Joker. Like, you know, she has, like, her, her, <laughs> yeah, her like, plan is, like, I'm just going to do all the same shit as before, but now only on my I, own. I have a sidekick. <laughs> I did, I did. Yeah. So there's that animated opening. That's, and that's gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, it was I, I was really impressed. It was with gorgeous, that. but I wasn't sure how I felt about some of the like retconning of the character. What did you see as retconning? Like I, the, I'm not familiar, so I'm just like curious. Just the fact that like she apparently used to beat the shit out of nuns when she was a kid. Like uh, I, there was a part of me that like it, it almost makes it feel a little less interesting like her fall from you know respected psychologist to murderous clown woman to find out that like she had a crazy violent streak as a child you know like Uh but doesn't it also give her more agency as a person that her existence isn't only defined than by her descent in the criminality but i guess that's the problem then is is like what, what laura was just saying is that like that just means that like oh so she can maintain the evil nature that she has through to the end because that's been all there all the time like i think it almost would have been a more interesting movie if she had i, I don't know like if she had so been, more suicide squad in terms of the actual motivations i'm not certain what you mean by that I mean that they're ultimately doing good, like pushing that just a little bit more that the bad guys are put in a situation where the only possible thing they can do is a net positive. But but I guess here's what I was saying just to like um, pop pop in here. Like what I was sort of trying to get at was like, um, of course, like it has to be set up so that there's a bunch of people that need to be killed. Like you can't step. That's the paradigm. You can't step outside like all of this is just, they have to find some sort of justification for it. And you know what I mean? And so we're like, okay, well, is the justification good or bad? But like, to me, it's like, that's not even like, the point is that it has to be made at all. Right. And that's like the only direction that it can go in. And that in itself is like, you know, hugely compromising, I think to like any attempt that these kinds of movies are going to make or directors, you know, and they all, they're, you know, these Marvel and DC are increasingly hiring, like very, promising upcoming indie filmmakers to direct these movies and like it's just like kind of um you know depressing to see that like yeah they can do a lot with them but there's only so far that they can take any of their you know so-called subversive ideas or maybe progressive ideas whatever they are um if you want to smuggle them into a movie like this and like and i think in a lot of ways this movie does do that in like really interesting and fun ways but at the end of the day um, you know, it sort of has to submit to to the form that into the franchise, um, and it, it ends up a weaker movie for it. And I think our whole culture ends up like weaker for it. Like, not to be so dramatic about it, but I really do. <laughs> oh, that, um, that's and, fair. And you know, yeah. and it's, well, it's, it's, it's I a mean, shame. It, it, it's a shame because like this is the cinema of our time right and and that's sad because this is the mass consumerist uh you know thing that that people consume and ultimately like this film people are flipping shit because it only made 33 million dollars opening weekend like that's that's the reality that we live in is we give these filmmakers talented filmmakers these big sandboxes but they still have to meet certain criteria and these because Mm. there is so much money on the line that a 33 million dollar weekend opening is seen as a 
a disaster. And that's that's scary because despite the fact that like this film is a lot of fun, the reviews are fairly positive, the like the trailers seemed okay. And like even still, this film just for whatever reason didn't catch on like it should. And it's like why did that happen? Well, the easiest and quickest answers are probably not going to be the ones that we like, right? They're going to be the ones that are based on all the old metrics and all the old idea. Well, a female, you know, centric uh, action film just can't happen. They get low box office receipts, you know, a, a female director, a female writer, like all of these things are against it. And so that's, that feeds into this narrative that, continuously is perpetuated and it sucks um but i I do think what's interesting and and someone was pointing this out with like suicide squad um when the whole idea originally came about as kind of a reaction to uh guardians of the galaxy and like you know just kind of okay what do we have that's kind of like that who are who are our lovable assholes that isn't I'm sorry, named can Aquaman. I just, can I just comment on how hilarious it is that like, oh Guardian that they thought, oh Guardians of the Galaxy is really catching on. I know. What's 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 our analog? Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like, like oh, that yeah, was we, this, like, we got this fun cartoonish inspiring. space drama. What if we balance that out with a bunch of psychopaths getting bombs in their necks? Suicide yeah. Squad. What a stupid fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a terrible and, idea. And, and so that's that's what they ended up shooting for. And the whole idea coming into that was how do you take bad guys and make them someone that you actually end up rooting for? Well, and the, the, this movie, to an extent, you know, Michael had brought up the concept of suicide squatting this movie, which I'm still not 100 percent on. But I feel like this movie does that because, like, if you look at the 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 totality of all the people she hurts sure it's it's except for the cops which you know we're not in a society that's super in love with cops right now it's it's a bunch of uh people who are menacing horrifying really big men all of whom Mm. have some ties to criminality so it's not like she's like all right i'm gonna rob this bank and i'm gonna you know bash the manager's face in and menace a female cashier to get a bunch of money like Sure. It's it's they they have again suicide squatted this up where they're like we can only have her really hurting people who people wouldn't mind about. And that's kind of what I was saying about sort of wishing we had a movie where it was like her in the Joker versus Batman or something cuz like I still don't get the feeling that like these are bad people out in the world. Like they huh. they seem like they're all just hanging out in their little criminal organizations and beating the shit out of other criminals. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's a symptom also of the sort of choppiness of this movie and how it's just like one kind of set piece after another without Mm -hmm. any real like anything in between. Like, you know what I mean? So you don't end up with a real sense of like place or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like you don't end up with a sense of of what like where they are even. Um, It's just like your flashback to to the next action sequence to like, you know, maybe a brief little scene in between. but you just don't like have the opportunity to like even figure out where you are for the most part. The Having said that, I did is... actually find that like a pretty fluid, like by the end of it, I was like, Oh, they're all, te- they've all like sort of teamed up and I didn't feel like the effort to get them there was super strenuous. 
I agree, but only because it felt like there was literally no effort at all. <laughs> um, I, I will say, though, like, you know, talking about what you said about you don't even know where you are geographically. The end, they, they're in this, uh, what was it, amusement mile? Yeah. And then yeah. there's a car chase, and then they're, like, on the, the Founders Pier, which appears to have <laughs> a giant um, roller coaster on it. And I was like, so this is just the amusement park area of Gotham City. How do we keep finding ourselves? Well, the, in the whole movie parks? did have a kind of like outer borough, like Brooklyn, Queens, as opposed to Manhattan kind of feel. So it, it could have been, it felt like a Coney Island type situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was large. It was a very big area. Um, and like, yeah, those situations, it's always funny to me how like all the lights are on and like, full blast in this like amusement abandoned apparently abandoned right, this decrepit off park. <laughs> this decrepit 20 year abandoned amusement park but yeah. someone's still paying that power bill baby <laughs> yeah. but not for yeah. any of the exterior lights only the yeah, inside right. just on the inside to light yeah. your fight scene can i yeah. can i push back a little bit on the I, I i agree with both of you that i think it's choppy but i, I think going back to what we already spoke about the sense of, of menace and and i wanted to speak to that in terms of two more characters i i think that um there is kind of an interesting grayness to some of these characters i i think black canary for instance has uh you know not only the scene where they find out they're where she finds out they're looking for cassandra but like she is privy to hearing you know uh chris uh, messina and mcgregor talk about like horrible sadistic things <laughs> like and and as I was saying, like she has that nagging conscience and sometime and at a certain point she feels she needs to intervene because she knows Cassandra. But it's like I, I think this movie does do a decent job in showing and like in establishing the sense of, of greenness. I mean, even when you consider, um, you know, the the second time that um, <clears throat> excuse me, that harley and black canary meet like she's being almost assaulted by uh, by another man and she's like and black canary's like looking back but also doesn't want to deal with it so mm-hmm. i i think that i i think there is like an interesting i like a, a little bit it's maybe not quite subversive because i i do agree with both of you at the end of the day that there is something a little bit boring about violence being the only end point but I do think, you know, and then Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like she is straight up just a hit woman. And yes, she's killing mafia people, but it's like it, it's still incredibly brutal. Like, well, like she there is, is she's murder Batman. Sure. Like there is uh-huh. something to be said that this is softballing a little bit of the morality, as you're saying. Like if we saw Harley Quinn, like, you know, use a mallet on a. I don't know, an elderly woman or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Jesus, to elderly women. <laughs> I just, no, I just like. I was going to say a toddler. So you still. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is going on here? Okay. I, either way, though, like, I, I guess there were other things they could do that, like, did defiantly feel subversive, whether whether it's a kid or or anything like that. But I still think that this does a better job than a lot of those anti-hero stories and especially the Deadpools of the world in like actually establishing 
like a, a sense of urgency to each of these characters world, like a sense of danger that is not like immediately easily toppled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, I, I know there's some contradictory things there, but I, I do want to give it that credit. There's, um, there's a part of me that I can't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> I am. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the subversiveness and uh, I don't 100% can, can agree, we, but can we go ahead and, and jump into spoilers? We are in spoilers, point? man. We are in spoilers. Oh, oh okay. Oh, we've been right. here for yeah. like 15 minutes <laughs> at least. Uh, what I was going to say is I uh, going back to the fight scenes, because when I think of this movie, I think of it as primarily a, a mix of fight scenes. And I tried I to think, think of like yeah. other movies that are you know superhero movies that have fight scenes and like how how i feel during those and like all of the avenger movies like avengers endgame like that exhausted me it's just (laughs) captain marvel exhausted me um i don't know most of the marvel movies exhaust me in some way because it is like that kind of escalating like okay god the fight is over oh no now they're on a train (laughs) And like, I think that like John Wick gets away with it because, and I I think about John Wick three, which is the movie where like towards the end, I was like, my God, they are still fucking fighting. (laughs) And there's a moment where he falls down, tries to get back up and then falls down again because he is just so tired. And I think that it's seeing human moments like that, that allow me to get away from the concept of this is just a fight scene and this is like actually a character moment. And I I think that like, for whatever reason, superhero films are still having a lot of trouble, like conveying the power cost of the the human nature of humans. Like I totally get what you're saying. Like there's a, there's a sense like there's no stakes because no one feels like vulnerable to the things that humans are vulnerable to. Right. (laughs) Right. Like Like, even just getting tired. No, everyone's just like a machine. They're indestructible. And of course they are because they're not like none of this is possible. There are machines for like killing people. They're like, you know, devices in the story and not not so much human beings. But like, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with like, like, I don't know. I when I said like, I don't like, you know, a lot of comic book movies. I mean, like the sort of post Iron Man iteration of them where I feel exactly what you're talking about. Like I used to love them. And like, I don't know, like Batman and Robin was one of my favorite movies growing up because like, it wasn't like this. It was like, there was none of that like sense of like CGI placelessness where you're just floating in a sea of computer generated, whatever space junk. And like, there was a sense of character and it was kind of goofy and like, whether that's the tone you want to take or not, like I'm not saying it has to be goofy and like kind of, camp the way those movies were but like there is a sense of like um you know these characters have turned into just like murdering machines because like it needs to constantly be ratcheted up like the amount Mm. and degree of violence in these movies it feels like they always like need to up the stakes and like tarantino level violence is just totally normal for like any action movie now and like you become numb to it and it feels like yeah like i said like the characters don't feel like they are can even die unless like you know the story needs them to so yeah, there's yeah. just no sense of tension there well it's like after after a lifetime of watching action movies where people take bullets and keep going one yeah. of the one of the most interesting movies that i remember like during my cinematic awakening or whatever you want to call it <laughs> was the proposition yeah. um uh, and i guess From like Hellcoat. light 
Yeah. And one of the reasons why I still love Hillcoat is because he is a man who seems to understand that getting shot or stabbed or shooting someone or stabbing someone puts a toll on you. So like <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> in, wait, which one? Uh, getting shot or stabbed. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's not a great. So like the proposition is like, you know, for anyone who doesn't know it, I'll run it down real quick. Guy Pierce is a guy who left his brother, um, who is an outlaw in the Australian outback. And he gets caught with his younger brother and this sheriff is like, all right, I'm going to murder your brother unless you go and kill your older brother by Christmas. Sound good? And he's like, uh, sure, sure. Okay. So he gets on a horse and he's got a gun and you're like, oh shit, Guy Pierce is going to go kill. I cannot remember the person who plays his brother. Um, and then he gets fucking stabbed. He gets a, a, a lance or a spear thrown through him. And spends the rest of the movie like half dead, barely able to move. And you're just like, well, what happened to the cool rollicking action film that I was promised? And it's like, well, when someone gets a spear thrown through their gut, (laughs) that shit kind of goes by the wayside. (laughs) So he is going to look like he's in pain. He is going to move very slow. He is going to have trouble raising a pistol. And like John Wick does that. And this movie, like we were saying, it's just like their avatars for delivering. And it's such a shame because like watching an actual human being try to like continue on under circumstances like that is like dramatic as fuck. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like why not lean into the actual drama of like a wounded person trying to continue to fight, like make that scene. Like why not make, you know, if comic book movies like made more scenes like that, maybe I wouldn't, you know, have such a shitty attitude towards them like, can <laughs> you, you, imagine you know if- because that's the problem with them. it's not that they come from comic books of course it's it's the the sort of direction like this like iteration of them in the past decade or so like rosie perez is yeah. in this as an as an over-the-hill ho- homicide detective who is mm-hmm. fired and she then gets is thrown around a little bit and i is, would say her more than anyone yes and, and she's she an alcoholic she like be- yeah, not she begins in the, shape she begins the climactic fight scene <laughs> wasted drunk and then she just becomes a fucking murder machine like everyone else and i was like how much more interesting would it be if they're like okay so here's the deal one of us is 12 the other one is very drunk um i have got i was just in in a full-on explosion so i'm not operating at 100 percent. so like we have to band together to help each other through the various problems we have but it's like no the second that the music starts playing and the guys with the masks come in everyone is operating at 100 percent. and now I, I also thought about like the 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 Nolan Batman films uh, got a lot of flack for their fight scenes because they were considered to be incomprehensible, <laughs> uh, far uh-huh. too shaky. But one of the things that I liked about them is that they were over super quickly and mm-hmm. you got enough through the edit and the sound mixing and everything. And then just like the look when it was over to be like, oh, yes, I understand that this man came in. And utterly dominated everyone around him. And I didn't need to see it (laughs) physically with punches. And I didn't need to see it. If you do need to see it, like, can you not see it in a more, like, I don't know. Did you guys watch the show, the the show, The Americans? Yes, 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 yes. That show is violent as like, that's a violent show. It's like, like stomach churningly, bone crunchingly violent. But in a way, like the reason why it is stomach churningly, bone crunchingly violent is because it's like, this is what it would really be like to like, you know, 
break someone's bones and stuff them in a suitcase, for example. It's oh, one, yeah. one of many like horrible yeah. things that happens on this show, but it's like this grim realism. And I'm not saying like, that's what Birds of Prey is obviously not going to be a grim realism kind of movie. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I just like, I don't know why they can't like, they have to make it, I don't know why they have to make it look like so much fun, I guess. And or maybe so I'm going to come just off like, like like whatever for saying that but i do feel like there's just something like why is this look like why is everyone having way too much fun doing this you know and, and again and, and also like why is it so easy like what 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 am why i rooting so for yes. okay here's an embarrassing thing that everyone gets to learn about me right now i almost cried in the movie theater before this movie when the trailer for the way back played oh my god that movie looks so bad right <laughs> okay but i i loved warrior and sad alcoholic Ben Affleck. There's something about him. I'm sort of worried that that's my future. But like, just being oh, like, this man is having so much trouble just coaching this misfit basketball team, and just God. seeing the struggle in his eyes and his voice as he's talking to them. I'm like, this movie is twenty percent better because you can feel how hard it is for this character just to teach these kids basketball. And I think any movie, like we've said, um, and like like Laura just said, any movie where you feel a human being struggle to do something is is better. It's just it connects with you more. It's more visually interesting. There's just something about it that's just better. And I I can't. She's like in a high speed car chase on roller skates, flips over the car, gets shot at rolls away from it on her her body like off not on the skates but like flies off and rolls across concrete and it just stands up and is like all right gotta go get that kid back i was into it <laughs> <laughs> i was too uh well you know that's, you know what you're right I, this is gonna be the first time i've ever said something nice about kick-ass okay. <laughs> but i i think that was a movie that got across some of those stakes like specifically oh, yeah, in relation absolutely. to like he gets uh, the main character gets the shit kicked out of him <laughs> like, yeah, main... like the, yeah. the, the the best part about that movie is you go into it thinking that you're gonna watch him like like finally like like i don't know learn how to fucking fight right sure. and and throughout the entire movie it's fucking hit girl that's just mauling down people and he's just in the background like just just like hitting people well, like oh his, you're down okay his I'm superpower his superpower is that the first time he tried to be a superhero he got the shit kicked out of him so bad that he has like a spinal cord injury or something and had to get like <laughs> yes. metal plates yeah. put on all of his broken bones so his but like I don't necessarily think that like Birds of Prey needs to be that like intense and sure. grim. I I guess I also just feel like does it have to be that violent in the first place? Like, can we not just have a superhero movie that like is a little bit more thoughtful about the way that it decides like where it and why it puts its like scenes? Not just for the sake of like you know not not being violent or whatever, but just like for the sake of being more interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, especially sure. like with a team up movie like this, you'd sort of expect that like it would be a heist at the end. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, like oh, Huntress is good at like ranged weapons, so she'll kill the lookout, and then you know, Rosie or Rosie Perez, uh, Renee Montoya will come in and pretend to be a cop or something. And like, she'll get us in and Harley Quinn will be a distraction, I guess. <laughs> and black Canary will be like the inside man because she's already working at the club. But instead it's just like 
we are all equally good at murdering people with our hands. <laughs> so let's just do that. And it'll be the like a, a, a visually coherent, but thematically inert climax to this movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You guys want a movie to end with the climax to be a debate. <laughs> I, uh, oh, no. I would kind of, yeah, you know, that's like a little bit how the dark Knight ended. Yeah. I was going to say like that. And that's like, <gasps> everyone talks about that. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, no one's going to talk about these scenes. Like I forgot about them the minute they were over, like these fight scenes, like don't ask me what exactly happens in what fight scene. Cause like it was all a blur, you know? And like, and I say that as someone who actually like had a pretty good time watching this movie. You know what I mean? I was into it. Sure. But yeah. like, there's nothing memorable about any of those scenes. Like, you know, I mean, she does a bunch just... of coke in Black Betty Place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does. A lot, lot, lot of boomer hits uh, in this movie. I kind of- I I really enjoyed the fight sequences, and I I think some of them will will stick with me for a little while. Um, one thing that I I want to shout out in particular is uh when Harley is uh gets uh stabbed with like a a tranquilizer dart kind of thing, mm-hmm. and she's slowly recovering from it, and after Chris Messina is like killed, she's sitting slumped slowly recovering from from like that tranquilizer dart and all she can really manage is just to stab him with the most like just (laughs) just stab him with the tranquilizer dart over and over because he's already dead and it's just like she's just like getting revenge on him the entire wolf of wall street homage (laughs) she does a bunch of coke she is drugged to the point that she can't move Yes. Um, what? I, but what I was actually that that scene reminds me of like I kind of wish that she were worse at everything. Like, mm, sure. you know, if she's lived her whole life, you know, and and she says in this movie, like, I'm a supporting character, like I'm a Harlequin, I'm a servant. It would be interesting if like she had no combat skills. She like lucked into sure. everything, or like was just an agent well, of chaos, and there was I, more I mean, of that. that. That's- that that is that is like the classic like cliche of of most of these comic book like uh cartoons and stuff like that is like batman has worked his entire adult life at learning how to fight people and suddenly he comes face to face with just the random thugs and like or not random thugs but like someone like harley quinn he should mop the floor with her, right? And for some reason, she's like, "Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna do a double backflip and like hit you in the head with a bat." And it's like, "What the fuck is this? Like, I don't understand." A, did there's you, a lot of like, where did you movie. train? Where did you train? That's, well, that's what like, I want to know. I, I, I trained up on a mountain, and I had to. <laughs> I nearly died getting there. So my favorite, I want to know where you trained. My favorite. And why do you have access to bats? Sorry. <laughs> no, my favorite type of movie is the everyone knows karate movie yes which is like i think i said like it was like the raid and stuff where it's just like oh every human being in this apartment yes. block knows pentax a lot and like we'll just it's just like you go into a Whoa. bodega and you're 25 cents short and a kung fu scene breaks out you know that's like i saw yeah, well i mean that's, that's fucking uh I, I just finally watched a uh, big trouble in little china and of course the yeah. chinese like sidekick guy knows like 
like kung fu or some shit like that and you're just like wait of course like, that it can <laughs> that can go wrong which is exactly what happens in uh speaking of ben affleck daredevil mm. when he like gets into a fight with jennifer garner as a blind man <laughs> and they mm. have like a weird wire foo fight in a playground no, I forgot that movie existed, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had. I got a mind like a steel Thanks. trap. What can I say? Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Um, I guess we what I'd say quickly about the Harley Quinn thing, though, is that like the whole point is, as Bill was saying, like it's not only that she's a tradition as like a bumbling fool and everything, but this is like meant to give a, a lot of women like a different version of Harley, like someone who is strong and a badass and who like goes against the common expectations of like, and especially like the movie itself being called emancipation. Like I, I think it is very much like once, like I, I very much agree with you guys about the sense of the stakes and, and uh, it, like a missing sense of urgency and lacking as many human moments. But like, I feel like the whole point of this movie is to absolutely push back on the notion that she's a she's a nobody right, no I, I think you're right that that's what it's trying that that is what it's intending to do i think where where it doesn't work is that a movie that wants to really push back like i don't know that like i don't know did you guys read um brit marling wrote that like piece in the new york times about um like being a strong female like lead or whatever um, and it was really well done. And she talks about like, you know, I don't want to be the dead girl, but like, I don't want to be the strong female lead. Um, wait here. And I'm quoting, if my power is defined largely, but largely by violence and domination, conquest and colonization. So like not to overread, mm. you know, birds of prey here, sure. but there is a sense I read that over the weekend and I thought of this movie and I thought of like, yeah, that's the problem is that it like, there's the, the idea of like pushing back should be pushing back against this sort of idea that the hero has to have this kind of power that's defined as like physical power. Um, but then again, like that's where I come back to the whole thing of like this, the genre constraints, because it like, that's exactly what these, this formula is meant like to sort of, um, that's just what it is, you know, um, like a, a, a lead like that wouldn't be a lead of this movie. Um, sure. so that, you know, so I, but I do think that, um, that there's a, a sense in which like, you know, it's, it's not exactly liberating to see what their version, what this movie's version of like emancipation is. It's, it doesn't seem like she's all that free to me from a lot of the things that like, and the other, the other thing that I kind of feel, and this goes back to that animated opening sequence is she's like, Oh, also, like, I'm a criminal genius and I, like, came up with a bunch of our heists, but the Joker never told anyone. It's like, there's no growth from her in this movie. It's just, I've right. always been this cool. I just, like, no one knew about it. You know, so, like, her, what is her, like, her arc is just, like, it's not, like, discovering her power. It's just getting the means with which to to go and do her own thing the arc is like getting the band together so there can be another movie right like it's only the logic of its own franchise like it's almost meaningless yeah, to search for like a different kind of logic in these movies i'm sorry i'm sorry also, but like she I'm does she runs she gets the band together and then runs away from it at the end with the child and they're like okay well we're gonna be super <laughs> heroes anyway and so i guess at some point they're gonna have to fight each other but like that's never gonna happen 
Like these movies will never have a moment where they're like, well, we've got to take on Harley Quinn and then Harley Quinn fucking murders Huntress or something. <laughs> oh my God. No, Which we, don't say that. we haven't talked about Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yes, by the way. Exactly what I was going to say. No, we, we haven't. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing. I have, I have, uh, been a fan of hers. I kept trying to think of a way to not say loved her. You <laughs> <laughs> could love her. I, Who doesn't? I I have. I've loved her for a while now. Uh, she was in Scott Pilgrim, a movie that I hated, but I still liked her uh-huh. in it. Um, she's great in that. Yeah, she's, she's awesome in Faults, which is a yeah, movie that Faults, we don't talk about we'll, enough. Yes, Faults is great. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I mean, she's great. And she yeah. finally shows up in this movie. And they finally give her her backstory. And I'm like, yes, yes. Favorite character. More of this. And then she becomes a part of the group. And she, for the 12 seconds that that group is a group together actually speaking words, I was such a fan of everything about her and her interaction with them. Yeah. 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 Because they compliment each other at the end. Of course she's, she's socially awkward because like, She's been raised by assassins. She was like, raised in the Italian countryside to murder people. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love that she's also like me. Why doesn't she have like an Italian accent? You'd think that she growing up would be like, I don't know. I, I would love know. to see her try an Italian accent. Oh I mean, I would love God. it. Oh my God. It's a me, an Italian accent. Hello. Yeah. She's, she's also kind of the, the best part of Gemini man as well. So she's great. I hope uh, like, there's a part of me that's like, I hope that this movie becomes successful just so we can get like birds of prey origins huntress. <laughs> I don't know. She, she's her being super awkward all the time. Yeah. Just ordering, like, ordering at like Taco Bell or something like that. that on That scene bike. where they're in the slide and she yeah. like jumps up, grabs the, like, forces herself against the top of the slide so she's stuck there and then lands on the dude and stabs him mm-hmm. great and then and then oh, she right. gets out and everybody's like that's a lot and she's like what and then <laughs> like, harley's like you're are so we cool. not killing people <laughs> yeah yeah that 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 scene in the fun house in particular was when i was just like this movie knows ex- like a the action is shot really well and it's really easy to follow but b like it's, it's just so clean. yeah. It's it's so fun to watch because like they're doing so much ridiculous shit. They're like bouncing off of like Those strange hands. objects and yeah. Uh, yeah, the hands and they're just like that takes a sequence that like some films would be like nah, I'm too I'm too adult to have fun and it's just like nah fuck this like and they even call out like when did she have time to change into roller skates it's like <laughs> who the fuck cares man like this is fun yeah is, he, she, yeah she definitely hits somebody and like makes makes that like that springy noise and i was just like i love this so it does much make me this- wonder though like what what was why didn't why didn't why didn't black canary is that the one the with the voice mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. why didn't she use that voice earlier <laughs> I don't know. They, just, they, like, they discovering it like that was her being like, well, "Oh, her, I can do this." Renee was like, "Hey, like I knew your mom. I knew what she could do." Sure. So I don't know. So it's, it's weird. so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, like, I think the other canary. I think what she didn't know if she could, but I, I think mean, when the time came. Yeah, yes, but when the time came, I think she was just like, "Well, this is either gonna work or it's not." So I think she. 
I don't know. Like, I don't want to go super nerd on you, Brian, but like, <laughs> like at, at what other point in her life would she have utilized this? 20 power? minutes earlier when all the <laughs> well, people okay. first showed up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, that, w- that would probably be a good time to be like, hey, I might have this power. Let me go see if, uh, let me go run downstairs real quick and That's see just if one this of the, works. Or just shout from the top of the building. It just, it would be, it's almost like I wish that like someone had been in the room on the, with a script and been like, a fun moment here would be if someone turns to her in this moment after she's killed all those guys and says, fuck you for not doing that 20 minutes ago. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. there you go. Yeah, um, and and they have they have access to curse words, like I said. Yeah, so. they 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 curse a lot. In this access movie. to curse words. <laughs> they leveled up to that R rating. Unlocked those uh-huh. curse words. <laughs> um. So yes, uh, very glad that we were able to talk about Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like we should have been doing this whole episode. Um. Is it? Does anyone have any final thoughts on this movie? Like, have we failed to hit anything that anyone thought was super important with the uh, the birds well, of prey? It- I, I did want to mention one thing. Our, our guest pointed out that like all the men in this are are shitheads, and I was just like right at that time we weren't in spoilers, but I was just about to mention the shopkeeper, and then I was like, oh yeah, they fucking stabbed him, <laughs> like they like performed seppuku on his like character. It was just like what, like. He turned her in for money? Like, what the fuck? What an asshole. And yeah. So I was just like, I get more money to make, have a better restaurant. It's like, you don't seem too invested in this restaurant. (laughs) And I wish she would have been like, by the way, your food sucks. So that restaurant's not going to last very long. No. And and you'll note too, that him selling her out is what makes her decide to sell out Cassandra. Yeah. Right. The, The girl. So it, again, it almost it almost felt to me, and like at this point, it was like towards the end of the movie, like like the movie acknowledging like how compromised the system makes you, right? Like she's like, it's just business. Like he's right. Like she's all discouraged. Like like it just encourages these kind of cold calculations. It's like this chain reaction, and like everyone knows you have to play by the rules, and it's morally degrading to everybody. But like you go along. Um, I don't know. Like that that moment, I actually appreciated. Like the one guy who you yeah. think is an ally turning on her because it like you see that it has an effect. Yeah. Sure. I um, think it's played it's, really sincerely too, which is, uh, it like, is. if it would have had a glib joke at the end, I think that would have neutered it. But I, I think like just the, just the fact that that's you know it's not played with any music and, and she lets just him them go. having this short conversation. Yeah. yeah, she lets him go because it is just business. It's not personal, yeah. and it, it it's a similar thing as with the dude in the club who cuts the dress off the girl. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know you're not technically a villain. You're not doing this because you're a hateful person, but like you know, the system has made it such that it's better for you to just do this. And that is also the guy who we saw, well, well, his crony, you know, cut three people's faces. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. The snot bubble so scene was the movie made me too. laugh. Did not <laughs> oh yeah. That. So like, still like having popcorn at that point. Like, oh, it's. <laughs> it's not even been long enough for you to finish your popcorn yeah Um, no you're just fresh into it i am my favorite scene in the movie is probably the brunch scene where uh black canary comes in and Mm -hmm. it's like you know lovelorn gay guy with a bi-curious best friend having brunch and then the girl (laughs) comes in and the the bi-curious guy is like oh my god it's the girl who i have a crush on now let me show her all my stuff and the gay guy's like, man, if she just hadn't shown up, maybe we would have gotten to cuddle later, you know? And now she's just ruined everything. Are they, they partners in Cannonville? 
Who? Zazen Black Mask. Roman Sionis. Uh, no. From my understanding, they they are like completely opposite spectrum. Like, <laughs> like no, no, no. Like they are they are not even related as characters. So like, like huh. one one from my understanding is like a murdering psychopath, very similar to his character, who is just simply a murdering psychopath that lives basically in Arkham Asylum. Um, I think. Uh, he's, he's like obsessed with like dates and times, but yeah, he also, uh, does like the little hash marks on his body. Uh, the other guy is just like a crime boss and he doesn't have as much like, like flair as Ewan McGregor does, which by the way, we didn't mention him hardly enough. Uh, he is fantastic. Well, I I can't imagine the optics of me walking in to this podcast and saying, my favorite characters are Zaz and Sionis. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But they are um, truly just a pair to watch in this movie. Yes. So yes. I, like, they, Zaz, are, they are something. Zaz being like, you don't get the diamond, Black Canary. I'm going to hand him the diamond. He's mine, <laughs> damn it. It's just <laughs> so good. I love, I love when he gets that. the acupuncture too. Yeah. <laughs> He's so mad. Mm-hmm. He, he no, throws no, he's so acupuncture. Many he's getting Botox. Bits. Yeah, he's yes, getting both but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he 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 throws so many fits, and I was just like, "This is delightful." <laughs> Love it. Made me want to watch. Uh, is it is it down to you? Yeah, is that the one with, with the period film with Renee Zellweger and yeah, Mer- down to you? Yeah, Renee oh, Zellweger, I, Oscar winner, and and Moulin Rouge vibes are kind of all over this. Too. You heard it here, folks. Birds of prey will make you think of down to you. <laughs> And, and if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what it is. Don't use very colorful. I'm not like totally. No, it's just not exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Fair a I watched this and I was just like, man, you McGregor is like a great actor. He is great. He, he is great in so many Just things. thinking of him, like I was watching this and it wasn't anything to do with the movie other than the fact that you and McGregor was in front of me. And I was just like, man, beginners train spotting <laughs> doctor sleep now this like what can't you and mcgregor do like in a in a very self-aggrandizing way like should a movie ever be made about my life i would love for you and mcgregor to play me because i think he could hit all of the notes that i would want someone to play you should think pretty highly of yourself huh Brian? <laughs> oh i would it would be a pure like one of those movie glam things where it's like here's a picture of the real person everyone would be like well you and McGregor is nothing like him they would not do the side by side pictures at the end of that movie. Picture not found, like an arrest development. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just got a question mark next to the image. Oh man! All right, let's let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, I was about to say. Are there any final so final thoughts? Ends with men, <laughs> this uh, Margot Robbie is the only one who could do this do this role. Like she's Have she's really. Have we said the name Margot Robbie at all during this entire podcast? Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think we said Robbie at some point. Okay. Nah, I she don't know. Excellent, and um, and you guys should all, uh, if you haven't already, read um the Anne Helen Peterson just wrote an article on BuzzFeed that was sort of tracing her uh, role as a producer, and it sounds like she's oh. really really smart about um her career. So, well, props good. to Margot Robbie. 
Not yeah. just the most beautiful face you've ever seen, but <laughs> also <laughs> <laughs> at, at some point my, my fiance turned to me and she goes, why is she so pretty? And I was just like, I don't, I just, I don't know. <laughs> there were two girls who might have been actually old enough to see this movie sitting in the theater behind me. And at one point, I don't even, like, it was just like a close up of Margot Robbie's face. And one of them just said, fuck her. <laughs> just, just that kind of thing where you're just like, I hate how pretty she is. She could go to hell. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for today. Uh, so happy that we were able to talk about Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So, so does this mean we're giving more comic book movies? No! no! <laughs> Michael Steinel <laughs> promised that after Endgame, we would not have to do another comic book movie. It and would then, be the Endgame. <laughs> and then we did Joker because it won Venice and blah, 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 blah. And then that was going to be it. And then for whatever reason, Birds of Prey, Michael made a very impassioned reason that we should talk about it. I will say, Michael, one of your things was you said something about like camp. I didn't find this movie to be that campy. I, I thought I will say I thought the trailers were considerably more campy than what I expected from the final film. But I also didn't find this pandering in, in a way that I was worried it would feel. Right. It, I, I found it delightful. So <laughs> I found it to be happening on the screen in front of me. <laughs> um, very much looking forward to the way back. I will cry during that movie and I will tell no one about it. <laughs> we're not reviewing that one, Brad. Oh, I yeah, we are. If we had to talk down. about Birds of Prey. We're going to talk oh about large, sad, drunk Affleck. I, I will probably see Wonder Woman 1984, though. I, I, you are going to have to really make me curious about a Marvel movie. Although the next Marvel movie might be Chloe Zhao. <laughs> so, Lara, maybe that's maybe that's the uh, I know the, the very human Marvel film you want. I mean, of the course Ryan. I'm going to see that. Humans. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because I watched the trailer for New Mutants, and I was like, Oh, that actually looks kind of fun. And then I re immediately remembered like all the nightmare like production issues that they've had, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this movie's gonna be dog shit." <laughs> yeah, Chloe Zhao is doing uh, Eternals. Oh, inter Eternals. I thought I Doesn't thought it was Inhumans for someone. It makes me sad. Yes, because she could make something else. Oh, <laughs> yes, I, I concur. It's like when I found out that David Lowry was doing a remake of Pete's Dragon before I actually finally saw Pete's Dragon, and I was like, oh, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yes. always my hope, is that like maybe they'll get through, but I don't uh -huh. know that Marvel will ever actually allow that to happen. I think Disney's like, you want to make Pete's Dragon for 80000 or $80 million? Sure, whatever. There's this, there's oh. a tweet going around that's just, that depressed me so much today. Oh, you and showed that to me, and I was so <laughs> mad at you. And it was, you know, everybody's hoping Hollywood is going to make like mid-budget thrillers after <laughs> Parasite, but the reality is that Song Kang Ho is going to be like a secondary villain in a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, oh <God>. Jesus! Okay, <laughs> let's, let's just the saddest way to end that. this God podcast. Damn. Jesus, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, as I said, follow or yeah, follow us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook the Film State Show, Patreon.com slash Film State Show to give us your money. 
And of course, we are brought to you by Mubi, where you can catch Academy Award winning documentary. Uh, what was it? Last Last Men in Aleppo. Last days in Aleppo. Last days in Aleppo. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard no, it's very, Last Men in Aleppo. I was right, no, Michael no. Snydell. How dare you correct me? <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, mubi.com/slash/filmstage for a free thirty-day trial. Again, that is mubi.com/slash/filmstage. And what are we talking about next week? It's uh, Valentine's uh, Day. I think I think we're going to do Sean the Sheep. An- another portrait. Uh, sorry, portrait. Portrait is coming out, but I think we're going to wait a little while until for it, it expands. To expand. Just a okay. little bit. Um, I okay, okay. I just remembered another movie uh, trailer that nearly made me cry in the theater. It's coming out too. No, no, no. I mean, probably, but no. <laughs> um, the photograph. Yeah. With, oh yeah. Uh, Lakeith. Dude, that movie that I was like choked up midway through that trailer. And I was like, "You are not doing this in this theater, Brian." <laughs> I saw the stills for that movie, and I was in tears. Is it Issa Rae and Lakeith? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an awesome pairing. He's got like a speech or something in that trailer, and I was like, "Damn!" Canadian filmmaker, by the way, got a shout it out. Shout out. Oh, is it a, a first film? No, no, she's uh, her name is Stella Maggie. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but no, she uh, she's she's not her. It's not her first film. Um, she sounds familiar. Previously I, done uh, uh, the weekend. And Gina did you guys Joneses? see that? Yeah, Gina the Joneses. Oh, keeping oh, up with the—is that no. the Duchovny one? No, 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 no. Different movie. I'm I, like, sorry. This appears, I think this is like her biggest movie that's gotten like the biggest sort of release and stars and whatnot. Like, I don't think her other movies have gotten this much. Yeah, but it's a, that trailer is awesome. that trailer is damn effective. Um, Michael Snydell, uh, you were talking about the Joneses, which stars David Duchovny and Demi Moore and Amber Heard. <laughs> I guess I was, sure. <laughs> and Gary Cole. Anyway, that is all for today. Um, so next week we're probably talking about Sean the Sheep, unless yeah. uh, something else happens. Which I think is on Netflix as well. It'll be so, hitting Netflix, uh, yes. Yeah. Farmageddon, really, baby. They really kind of flubbed it. I, I, I know the last uh, Ardman didn't do that well. But, I will tell um, you that in, in still my a house, bummer. In my house, every morning, my daughter demands that I play the song from the first Shaun the Sheep movie, <laughs> Every Day Feels Like Summer with You, so that she can scream along to it while jumping on my bed. It is adorable, and it's wonderful, and I am looking forward to her seeing the next Shaun the Sheep movie. Excellent. Yes. That's a good note to end on. Quite Have so. a good night, everybody. Well, no, we still got to tell wait, wait, everyone wait. where we can be found, Bill. We got to do plugs. <laughs> Let's plug it up. Bill Graham, where the hell can people find you what? since you're so eager to get out of here? <laughs> I got sleep to get to. Um, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG. I don't tweet much, uh, but I did. I think I did tweet last night because, uh, you know, uh, Parasite won. So what the fuck? I don't I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the rain is falling from the from the floor. So um, and you can also find me on the Slack channel. Um, that yeah we all, we there had a go. decent awards conversation going on during that so yeah. that was fun i still sometimes think about the fact that i thought there was an actual biological parasite in parasite and laugh mm-hmm, at myself mm-hmm. um <laughs> all right lara zara we are the parasites. <laughs> where can where can people find you online lara um i'm on twitter i'm at lara Zaram. 
All right. And Michael Snydell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell. Um, I am also on Letterboxd. Um, I need to look at dates, but I think I'm reviewing the Michael Winterbottom bottom film Greed uh, with Steve Coogan oh, that I know nice. almost nothing about. I got an email <laughs> about I that I think today. I'm reviewing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me on my personal site, BrianJerone.com, uh, the distillery that I work at, SchmidtSpirits.com. Go look for that because that's taken up a lot of my life now. Um... Twitter Send me at Brian whiskey, Brian. <laughs> I, it is a felony for me to send you whiskey to your personal address through the mail. I've found out. Um, really? Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's complicated as shit. Um, but we're sure, looking into sure. it. If you're in the Baltimore DC area, come by, visit us. It's uh, it's great. Anyway, uh, where can I be found? Also, uh, every episode of this podcast we found at thefilmstage.com. And uh, yeah, Twitter at Brian J. Rowan, everything at Brian J. Rowan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time. Bye.